Welcome to Talking Giants presented by DraftKings and welcome to Training Camp. Training Camp 2021 kicking off with our annual camp battle episode. We'll be going through the edge group tight end which actually was the tightest race inside linebacker two, nickel corner and hell we're even going to touch up on the fullback race. Justin Training Camp is here. It's the most exciting time of the year. How are you? Hey Bobby Skinner. PPP started yesterday so... Go check him out if you haven't checked him out. It's three times a week, we're going to be doing some player profile and projections and uh, and two times a week regular episodes. And this is an episode that's exciting. Camp battles. Um, I mean, what do we have? How many camp battles do we have? Five, six, and these are five of the six uh, most intense camp battles. And what we mean by camp battles, by the way, because I think some people are getting confused, it's not like Darnay Holmes versus Kenny Galladay. It's... Position battles, like it's camp battles, position battles. So I know everybody's excited to see Aziz Ojolari and Andrew Thomas go against each other. That's not what we're really talking about analyzing this episode. Bobby Skinner, how are you? I'm good. I'm excited for training camp. I'm excited for the show. I mean, like, you know, we're going to have a ton of interviews. Arch Stapleton will kick it off on Friday. You know, we're going to have Dan Duggan, you know, Zach Rosenblatt, Patricia Trena, Jordan Renan, Dan Benton, even Barstool Clem will come on at some point. So excited for that. And before we get into the position battles, we have... Uh, an announcement for for FanFest. I mean, we've been kind of teasing it, but we are doing an event. We are doing an event for FanFest. Uh, us two will be there. Danny King will be there. License Play Guy will be there. Christian Atena will be there. So we're going to be doing some type of show there. I don't know if it's going to be able to like be broadcast loud where everyone can hear, but we'll be doing some type of show. We're going to have... Uh, I'm getting 100 burgers, 100 hot dogs, um, and buns. How about that? And I'll bring condiments and all that stuff. So we're going to be providing food for people. What I do need from one of the listeners, though, is someone with a big grill to show up and cook for us, and I'll make it worth your while. That's what we don't have right now, and you know we won't be able to spend time on the grill. You don't want me on the grill anyway, so we'll no. have that. No, you don't. We're gonna have giveaways. We have a, you know, I just ordered a ton of stickers, so we'll be giving those away. Um, it's, it's gonna be a good old time. Bring your own, bring your own booze, and we're gonna meet up at uh at some type of bar afterwards. I know there's a, a place called Reds, but. I think it might be a little restaurant. I don't know. We're going to meet up at some type of bar afterwards. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited for that. We're going to be there as soon as the gates open at 3 o'clock. Come by, hang out, have some food, have a beer, say hi. Need somebody with big buns. Need someone with a big grill. And that's what we need. Well, yeah, well, bring, so first, I'm bringing the buns. But we could oh, use you're bringing the buns. buns. You got the big too. buns? I mean, I, I already have some big buns. I'm, I'm bringing those with me too. I got two of them. Yeah, exciting event. Um, Christiana Tana. LPG, they're going to be with us. We're going to be, I think the plan is to record something. I don't know if we're going to be live streaming. Like you said, don't think we will be. Yeah, we're going to record something, put it out on the podcast app the next day. So even if you can't join us, I guess we'll have a PPP like in the morning or you know very late at night. And then at noon, you know, if you want to hear that kind of quote unquote live show that we do that will be recorded, you can hear it on the podcast app too. And we'll put it out on YouTube too. Yeah, so you thank you for those guys for... Yeah, thank you for those guys for wanting to do stuff with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Can't wait to meet people because it's been, you know, I know I've been doing this since 2018, but, you know, 2019 I started to kind of get the hang of it and but still didn't know anybody or wasn't really 
you know, talking. I wasn't really part of talking Giants, so excited to actually meet Giants fans, and we were talking about how excited we are to meet Giants fans and everything like that. So, but that's the formal parking day. lot, location, G. parking lot, parking lot G, parking lot yes. G, parking lot G, G for gangsters, and that's that's what we all are. Uh, I, I yeah, I'm excited to meet people. I, I I'm really counting down the days to be up there and do this. So please come out, hang out. Um, you know, if you don't have tickets, we've been tweeting out people that need tickets, and, and I think they've been able to get that resolved. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not. I, I'm not handling them personally. But yeah, like I said, we're gonna have, you know, and we'll probably have some good music playing too. We, you know, maybe we'll we'll figure out some some type of way to do all that. Um, but we'll we'll be having fun. And you know, if you want to be obnoxious while we're recording, you come yell right in our faces. You come yell right in Justin's face, and you'll be on the podcast. Please do. Um, you're going to regret saying that, even though I'm the one who said it. Uh, all right. Oh, and you know who some of the people that are going to be there, Justin? Give me some names. Well, let's, let's give you a few names of some people who, who might just be there. Well, Justin Martellini. Mm. He's going to be there with his weird ass first name. Anthony Cassavini. Hey, hey, give it. Hey, hey, hold on. Before you go, Justin is... A bodybuilder on Instagram, and he has a very good Instagram page. So go check him out. Anthony Cavasini. Do you know him? Mm. Tony. Very Italian. Very Italian so far. I love. And it. then George Forrest. He feels like he just has like hairy knuckles or something. George Forrest. Yeah. Who are these out people that will be hanging out with us? George Forrest probably not a part of the Italian Patreon gang. So Patreon.com/slash/TalkingGiants. Uh, you get to hang out with us for the live shows and. And maybe we'll give you some sneak previews of, uh, you know, when we have some interviews, because we won't be live for that. But live shows, access to live shows twice a week, uh, three times a week during the regular season, the full shows. And um, uh, shirt giveaway. Bobby's currently doing a shirt giveaway right now from the TG store. We just put up a new sh- a new shirt, Jersey Boys. And um, Bobby sends you a free magnet as well. So patreon.com slash talking giants. A lot of fun perks. Big community there. Come join us. For sure. All right. Before we get into the position battles, one little uh, housekeeping note. The Bengals claimed Lamont Gaylord. I th- it's G-A-I-L-L-A-R-D. I don't want to say Gaylord. Gaylord. Sure. Was also mm-hmm. claimed. He, he was he was uh, claimed off waivers from the Cardinals. The Giants also put in a claim on him. Now, the Bengals were ahead in the picking order because, uh, you know, they had a worse record in 20. 2020 but uh pretty interesting you know there's been a lot of guys who have been waived this offseason giants haven't put claims on anybody besides this guy it was a 2019 six round pick out of georgia how about that they love their bulldogs rob sale was his offensive line coach in 2015 at georgia um and jonathan harrison's on the pup list who you know he is our backup center and again we can't really have any real takes off the pup list until we see these guys missing practices you know um but inter- interesting that, you know what, maybe the Giants aren't just quite done adding some, you know, little pieces on the offensive line. Yeah, especially a tackle. I mean, you know, I, I think Ch- is Chad Slade a tackle? Yes, guard, technically. Guard He's a guard tackle. But, you know, really the, the three main tackles that realistically have seen NFL playing time slash more are more likely to see playing time, Andrew Thomas, Matt Parrott, and Nate Solder. And those are like really – I, I guess maybe you would want four tackles on your offensive line, maybe. Um, so tackle depth, at least at the beginning of camp, I guess is a little thin in terms of the depth chart. But wouldn't surprise me to see somebody, uh, the Giants add somebody down the line who is a guard slash tackle or is solely a tackle, just to be a camp body. 
Yeah, it's just just kind of an interesting note. I figured we'd, we'd mention that on the show because it, it happened yeah. Friday afternoon and it seemed like no one even realized. It. I was like, oh wow, this was yeah. Rob Sale coach's guy. All right, let's get into the position battles. We're gonna start off with the edge group, and we're doing outside linebacker one and two. I mean, it is it's, it's a wide open battle right now. Um, and the poll that we put up for Twitter. We put Aziz Ojulari, Lorenzo Carter, Afedi Odenabo, and O'Shane Zimenez. O'Shane Zimenez got 4% of the vote. Afedi got 6 Lorenzo Carter got 32%. And then Aziz got 58%. I thought Lorenzo wow. Carter was going to win this. And then on Instagram, we have uh, we did Aziz got 73% and Carter got 27%. Wow. Yeah, which is interesting. So the, the people clearly want Aziz to be edge one. I will say Instagram differently... Uh, from Twitter had O'Shane ahead of of uh, of Afedi. Afedi, and even in that battle, he uh, between him and Lorenzo for actually I'll save that. That's for Edge linebacker too. But oh, but Instagram likes O'Shane more than Twitter does. Justin, I'm going Lorenzo Carter. Lorenzo Carter is my guy for Edge one, and you know we glossed over this on Friday. We didn't, or not even glossed over. Like I didn't even think about it because we were so caught up in the guys who were on the pup list. The guy who wasn't on the pup list coming off of torn Achilles was Lorenzo Carter. A full participant in all the OTAs. Like, that's kind of amazing coming off of a torn Achilles. You know, and he was injured three weeks later than than uh, than Saquon. I know Saquon's was, was, injury was a lot more severe, but still. Uh, and he, like the, the people, the player the people picked, does everything. And that is important for uh, Patrick Ram. You know, he rushes the passer, plays the run well. Drops in the coverage. Like, he's a do-it-all type of outside linebacker. And you know what? He was playing good before he got injured. Like, he was very clearly the number one before he got injured. And I'm I'm not putting that you're going to be the top guy from day one uh, pressure on Aziz right now. No, no. And I we're both very similarly thinking in terms of the expectations for Aziz. And I'm probably more conservative with, honestly, both, both of these top uh, two-round rookies. Um, I'm probably going to put more expectation on a third round pick than the first two rounds if we're all if we're kind of being honest. But yeah, uh, Lorenzo Carter. I mean, I'm going to steal a bunch of research Rick uh, tweets and work that he did right now and throughout this outside linebacker edge discussion. And Lorenzo Carter played 85% of the snaps. And really, Bobby, what it boils down to is how often the Giants use three linebacker sets versus four linebacker sets. And I'm sure they're going to alternate between using other sets as well, maybe four defensive linemen, uh, four linebackers, uh, whatever. But, you know, uh, those are the sets that they're mostly going to run out of. So in three linebacker groups, Lorenzo Carter got 97% of the snaps. So that's basically two interior linebackers, most probably most likely two interior linebackers with a, with an edge rusher on the end. He got 97% of those snaps. Four linebacker groups where maybe there's an edge rusher on the opposite side of him, and then there's two interior linebackers. He got 75% of the snaps. So he was getting, you know, uh, most of the packages that the Giants are running. Lorenzo Carter was out on the football field, and he really is that two-way player that you were talking about, you know, who is versatile. He can run, he can go back into coverage, et cetera, et cetera. So Lorenzo Carter, I think, is the clear number one, where even if it's snap share, even if it takes a little bit of a step down because there's more guys that they want to get out there, slash he's coming off from injury, what, does it drop down to 70% where he's getting 70% of the snaps? And that's still going to be, I think, the most out of the entire group. Yeah, he was very clearly the edge one um, when he was healthy last year. That included Marcus Golden, who was a better pass rusher than him, coming off of a 10-sack season. 
Um, you know, in those first four games, he averaged 18 more snaps than the second outside linebacker. And that player, you know, rotated from game to game. You know, week one, it was Marcus Golden. Week two, you know, week two, it was Kyler Fackrow. Week three, it was it was O'Shane Zimenez. Um, O'Shane got a lot of time, garbage time versus San Fran. Their, their snaps were pretty close to that game. But uh, he was just very clearly the number one. And let's look at the rest of the room. You got a rookie in Aziz Ojolari. Uh, Effetti, who doesn't drop back in the coverage at all. O'Shane Zimenez, who, you know, we don't know what to think is going to happen from him this year, but I definitely want to pit him coming off of an injury ahead of Lorenzo. So for me, Lorenzo will be the clear number one. I would love to see Aziz surpass that this year, and I think eventually he will, you know, like long-term, Aziz should be the better player. But to start off the way coaches are with easing rookies in, Lorenzo Carter is my edge one for, uh, for camp. Absolutely, absolutely, and this is where, where the conversation gets interesting. Is edge two? Well, let's do it. Edge two. Twitter. Lorenzo Carter got seventy-one percent, so you know he he uh, they picked Aziz. Afedi got sixteen percent. O'Shane got thirteen percent, and then on Instagram, Lorenzo got sixty-eight percent, and O'Shane got thirty-two percent. It's kind of a weird situation where we already talked about Lorenzo. Who are you going with with outside linebacker two? I'm going with the Fetty. Yeah. Yeah, and you want to know why? Um, it's because of the breakdown. Again, I'm, I I wanted to look at the breakdown between how often the Giants run three linebacker sets versus four linebacker sets. And right now, I'm thinking in my brain that Aziz Ojolari is going to be used primarily as a pass rusher, as a situational pass rusher. You know, uh, And I'm saying this uh, as an I don't know. I don't know if Aziz Ojolari has the NFL strength yet at 20 years old to be playing the run successfully. I do know that Afedi Odenabo, who you know, typically we think of as like, a, we thought of him as an interior defensive lineman coming in, and then it, it was proved very early on that they're like, no, we're going to use him as an edge rusher. So I think that he is the edge rusher that is kind of second best at possibly playing the run. He's a bigger body, and... If I'm thinking of a guy that is more, you know, who is going to be the edge rusher that is more likely to get, that's going to be out there in a three linebacker set. So that's three interior defensive linemen, one edge rusher, and two interior linebackers. I think Effetti is going to get more of those snaps as an experienced veteran versus Aziz Ojolari, where I see him out there in four linebacker sets where you have two edge rushers and then you're just telling them to go to work. Later downs, passing downs. Yeah, I'm I'm going Aziz. I I am going Aziz. Just and a lot of it's just like he's the prototypical outside linebacker for Patrick Graham. Like I like Afedi. He's the top sack getter out of this group, but he had two coverage snaps last year. Two. Like he has no experience with coverage, and he'll be asked to do more. But you know what? Aziz is already comfortable in them. They obviously, you know, Aziz had first round buzz. The Giants, like he was the perfect. Like when you, people said the Giants need an edge rusher, and you said, well, who's the fit for that? Aziz Ojolari was always the answer for that. We were worried yeah. they were going to, you know, they would think about, you know, forcing him at pick 11 when they were up there. Like, you know, that was that was my worry. It's like, I hope they don't pick Aziz at 11. Like, I'm going to be really disappointed in that. And they got him at 50. Um, so he is that proto, uh, prototypical outside linebacker. And he's, you know, he's the best athlete of the group. Like, he's a better athlete than everybody on this group. Um, you know, he can bend that edge around other guys. And he does things that the other guys don't. Um, he seems like a smart player too. Like he, even going back to the Alabama game, the way he you know absorbed pulling guards and pulling tackles and and spilling that. Um, and you know what the Giants 
trusted some rookie outside linebackers towards the end of last season with Carter Coughlin. You know, so maybe that eases them into being like, you know what, we can throw this guy out there and let him learn. I mean, but Bobby, they also did that because they didn't have any other choice. Right, but sometimes not having a choice forces you to be open to different ideas of playing younger players. Well, right, because they had no other choice. Carter Coffin was, you know, drafted in the seventh round, where Aziz was drafted in the second. And a lot of people thought he should have went higher. I thought he was drafted right around the same spot. So, and again, Fetty and O'Shane, they don't drop in the coverage. And we saw how important that is for Patrick Graham. Not even necessarily for their great coverage skills. It's just more of like, hey, we need the, the offense to be guessing what they're doing. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, and O'Shane's not that great of a run defender. Fetty's bigger, but like that was kind of one of my critiques of him. Is like he's not ball, he's not great versus the run. He's more of a situational pass rusher. Right, right. But it's a matter of is Fetty going to be better against the run than Aziz Ojolari to start his career? So I'll even ask you that question because my answer is Fetty. So who do you think is going to be better to start? You know, at the start of twenty twenty one, who's going to be better against the run? In your opinion, um. Hard to tell because Fetty's always been, um, you know, hand in the ground. I'll give Odenabo the so- the edge, the slight edge to start since you know we haven't yeah. seen Aziz play against NFL guys. Um, you know, I've seen Evan Neal move him off the ball a few times, so so I'll, I'll or I've seen Aziz get moved off the ball a few times. I'll, I'll give Odenabo uh, Odenabo the the edge early on but I give Aziz the edge of the pass rusher and then in coverage just you can't even compare them because Fetty's never done it yeah and and the coverage snaps I mean per I love your I always love your point about the coverage and you always remind me and you ground me about you know hey you know it's not just about the coverage snaps that you take about dropping back into coverage but it's also the illusion that you might do it um you know but really what it boils down to out of you know I, I mean, I guess it. I guess it is a decent amount. I guess it's a lot. You know, out of the sixty some snaps to high fifties that Lorenzo Carter kind of took to start the year last year, there were twelve snaps, nine snaps, and seven and seven snaps that he took in coverage. Which I guess it's that's a decent amount. That's a decent amount of snaps that you can take in coverage. So if you put somebody on the field that has that ability to, hey, you know, one sixth out of the time this guy can drop back into coverage and he can do it well. That is a valuable weapon. Or he's going to come bat out of hell and try to get to the quarterback, get to the running back, ball carrier, whoever. So, I, yes, I, I see I, I see your points. I do. No love for O'Shane. No, no. You know, he's been, he's been the guy that he's like my surprise cut this year. And, he, and here's part of the reason why. Um, so, again, research Rick, you know, Tim talking about three linebacker sets versus four linebacker sets. Uh, O'Shane played 45% of all snaps until he got hurt. Only 8% in three linebacker groups. 92% of the snaps came in four linebacker groups. So, I mean, that's passing downs, right? You know, two linebacker groups is two edge rushers, two interior linebackers. So, that's a huge disparity. And I think there's writing on the wall of this coaching staff kind of fading O'Shane, and I think that's going to continue. I'm still an, I'm still an O'Shane believer, um, even though I didn't make him one of my top two guys. I do agree with Instagram. I'd rather have O'Shane over Fetty. How about that? But we're not talking about edge three. We could we could, we we did our edge depth chart thing last week. All right. One more final question before we move on, though. Are people crazy for putting Aziz number one? Because that is the consensus across Instagram and Twitter. Are people crazy for putting Aziz number one? And are people kind of expecting too much? 
I think people are always expecting too much with rookies, but I don't think it's cra- it's not crazy because Lorenzo is coming off an injury as well. It's coming off a, a torn Achilles, you know. Yeah. And like I said, he was playing good, but he wasn't like you know he wasn't a world beater out there, you know. Like he he was he was playing okay. He was playing above average. He wasn't you know a top outside linebacker. Um, and you know a lot of people view Aziz as a first round edge player, and the Giants you know desperately needing edge players. So yeah. Like I, I, I'm very confident of having Aziz over the other two. I just, I, I'm giving Lorenzo the edge right away, and especially if you're talking like long term for this year, like maybe not even necessarily week one, but like week five. No, I don't think it's crazy. I do think, you know, like any rookie, there's always higher expectations than than reality. Yeah. You know, like Ellerson Smith could play like five percent of the snaps this year, where some people think he'll come in and play right away and and you know be playing five third down reps a game or something. Yep. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. Speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold, and DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer for just my listeners. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medals this year. So I think they've already won some, some medals. Yes, swimming. I think swimming is about to get ready to sweep everything. It's awesome. Um, surfing. Surfing's a new sport. There's like a storm out there in Japan right you now. You know so. the greatest surfer of all time. You know where he. You know who. Do you know his name is? You should know this. I do not. Kelly Slater. How do you know? So when I say Kelly Slater, do, are you reminded? No. We, I feel like we've talked about this because he's from. He's from where I live. Ah. Oh. Which, by the way, did you see that article I posted where it's like Coco uh, PD is going to have a new policy when it comes to leaving their vehicles unlocked because people were stealing their golf cars well what was the solution lock the doors oh sure okay uh uh-huh. so i i just thought that i just thought that one was uh was pretty funny bet on usa surfing DraftKings. um yes that's 101 odds on any american athlete to stand on the podium and receive gold silver or bronze this week 100 to 1 odds on an offer like this doesn't come around often so sign up for drafting sportsbook now to get on all the action i love using drafting sportsbook it's easy to navigate has plenty of instructions for new betters and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action my friends and family have been loving drafting sportsbook and now you will too Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 and free credits if America wins a medal. That's code JOHNBOY to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, Justin. Next on the list, nickel cornerback. Now, this was when the draft happened. This was a very like, ooh, what are the Giants going to do at nickel corner? But I think as we've gotten closer to this season, it's like, you know what? Put some respect on Darnay Holmes' name. Instagram gave Darnay Holmes 84% compared to Aaron Robinson, 60% of the vote. And then Twitter gave Darnay 82% and Aaron Robinson 18%. So... Hmm. The, the fan base as a whole is very clear in the Darnay Holmes camp. Are you as well? Yes, but it's not as dramatic as that. Because really, I think this position battle boils down to how ready is Aaron Robinson? How ready is Aaron Robinson to kind of rock and roll? And 
what direction does Patrick Graham want to take this defense? If Patrick Graham does want to take this defense into a more man, press man, heavy, heavy blitzing defense this year, like he kind of did in, in Miami, then I'm not I'm I'm not going to give like a clear edge to Aaron Robinson, but that it's going to be closer in terms of snap share and a battle. It's going to be closer of a battle than the Instagram and Twitter polls. But also, there's something that I'm thinking in the back of my mind, thinking it today and looking at all the Darnay Holmes numbers, and I made some graphics and stuff like that, and it's like, well, why can't Darnay Holmes play a little bit more press man? Why can't he play more man coverage? You know, I know he's not the most physical guy, but because of his quickness and his recoverability, why can't he play press man? And thinking of like the the biggest highlight-worthy play of Darnay Holmes' 2020 season was the pass deflection he had against C.D. Lamb. That's man coverage. So why can't he do more of it? Yeah, I just think, one, just because Darnay Holmes did already as a rookie doesn't mean Aaron Robinson is going to. Like, let's remember how tough a position this is to play as a rookie. Um, And I think this battle might have been a little more intriguing than Edge. It's because Edge, like, those guys are, like, that's truly a rotational position. Corner usually isn't. You know, so I'm sure they'll split a little bit of healthy. I know people are like, well, you know, against certain teams that Aaron Robinson will play and, and other teams, Darnay Holmes. But I don't know if they'll go full on like, hey, this game is yours, this game is yours. Like, whoever wins this battle is going to be playing a clear, bigger role than the other. You know, where Aziz, you know, Afedi might, you know, technically be the number two edge, but him and Aziz could be playing the same, you know, amount of snaps. I mean, we talked about it with Lorenzo. You know, the the second most reps at that spot was a different player the first three weeks of the season. Um, This one is very clearly someone's going to win this job. Uh, I know Aaron Robinson has the man coverage ability, but again, Darnay can play a little man coverage. You know, he didn't get killed in man. He didn't get put in that situation a ton, but like when he did get asked to do it, he did an all right job. And I don't think we're going to go from being the team that plays the most zone to like, all right, we are playing man coverage. 70% 70% of the time. Like, I think there will be more third down reps. But I, I, I'm very clear. Like, I think this is Darnay's job. But at the same time, on the other side, they didn't trade up in the third round and draft Aaron Robinson for no reason. They clearly have no. some type of plans for him. Maybe it's not right away, but they clearly do have some type of plans of him. And they don't view Darnay. Like, they, there's no way they view Darnay as like, oh, he is our clear-cut nickel corner for the next five years. Like, they don't trade up for Aaron Robinson if they view him like there's no doubt in their mind about Darnay. No, and, and you know, and Aaron Robinson is, he is more physical. He's a bigger guy. And, you know, I, we gave Darnay Holmes credit for being physical for his size. But, you know, let's face it, he had a missed, he had a high missed tackle rate for a reason. And Aaron Robinson, what you're, you're hoping that he could be a little bit more like, you know, Grant Haley, except maybe actually. Bobby, that may not be a bad player comp because I know Aaron Robinson's ball skills is kind of a little bit limited right now, but he's physical and he's able to come up in the run game and make some plays. And I think that is something that the Giants value having, especially since your slot corner, you know, sometimes he is playing in the box. Sometimes he is like maybe shadowing or covering a, a, a tight end, you know, based off of whatever personnel the offense is running. And then if you're in that personnel defense wise, you know, so I, I, I think Aaron Robinson's going to get his time, but it, I think this battle is largely dictated on how fast Aaron Robinson can start. If Aaron Robinson is really rocking and rolling to kind of start the year and they feel confident, Aaron Robinson's going to get a lot more snaps than people think. But I still do think Darnay Holmes is going to get the majority of the snaps um, 
just because he did perform really well last year. Do you think Aaron Robinson gets 10 snaps week one? Depends who, who's the slot wide receiver. I, I really do think it, it, it is going to depend on who the slot wide receiver is that week. Who's the slot wide let's receiver for the Broncos? A, it's, it's a, it's, let's, I mean, the, the, does Jerry a Judy physical play wide the receiver or outside? But yeah, say it's, it's Rob Gronkowski. Sure. I'm not, I don't think Aaron Robinson gets 10 snaps uh, week one on defense. Hmm. I'm going to say he does 10 snaps. That's not a lot. You're, you're taking 60, you know, there's a, there's a total of 60, 70 snaps a game. So, yes, I think he gets 10 snaps. I don't think he does. We're going to about to revisit this one. Um. So, so far we have my top edge guys are Lorenzo and Aziz. You have Lorenzo and Afedi. And then both nickel were going. Darn Ahon's official, right? Yes. Okay, yes. so we agree with the listeners on that one. All right, this next one is super interesting and probably the most controversial. It's the one I have the most notes on. Tight end, and I said most reps because that's more important than starter for this position. Twitter, this was the closest one. Evan Ingram got 53%. Kyle Rudolph got 47%. Instagram, Evan Ingram got 56%. Kyle Rudolph got 44%. I'm going Kyle Rudolph, man. Ooh. And it's not simply just, oh, Evan Ingram drop ball, Evan Ingram bad. Like, it's not simply just, you know, mad that he lost games for us. Kyle Rudolph can be, pl- it's, it's more, it's valuable, is valuable on every part of the field, on, ev- on every situation. Evan Ingram's not. Evan Ingram's not a good run blocker. Kyle Rudolph is. He's not, you know, paving the way for, but he's a good, competent run blocker. Evan Ingram's not that. In the red zone, Evan Ingram's not a threat in the red zone. Okay? Kyle Rudolph is one of the best red zone threats in the league. He has 48 career touchdowns. Ingram has 13. In the last four years, uh, you know, uh, Ingram, uh, Rudolph has 19, Ingram has 13, um, and they, they both only had one last year. Even just last year, Kyle Rudolph with Irv Smith was getting 71% of the snaps before uh, he got injured those last four games while Irv Smith was getting 61%. So I see them both evening up, like playing very close. And, you know, the Twitter polls show that. I do think their snaps are going to be very close. But I think Kyle Rudolph is going to is going to win that battle because he's just valuable all over the field. And as a receiver, he's a, like... He can run run routes, you know, make the right reads, make smart decisions. He's not going to give you the vertical threat um, that Evan Ingram is, but I'm not saying that you bench Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram can still be used without having to play the majority of the reps, and maybe that will even be better for him. Um, but again, Rudolph does many, more things good than Evan Ingram does, where Evan Ingram's like his speed is, is really his only asset, where, you know, Rudolph has the run blocking. He has the red zone. He is the red zone threat. Um you know, he can run the short concepts, the stick concepts, the stick and like can do all those little things. And even looking at last year, let's let's bring up some numbers. Rudolph had an eighteen percent higher catch rate, which means uh our catch rate than Evan Ingram. Um let's see, other numbers. Ingram had thirteen more yards per game in two thousand twenty. Where Evan Ingram was the focal point of the offense, Kyle Rudolph was not the focal point of the Vikings offense. Evan Ingram only had thirteen more yards. And Rudolph had a yard and a half more yards per catch in a split system with Irv Smith, who is supposed to be the athletic guy getting the big plays. So even that, like, Kyle Rudolph was getting more yards per catch. So this isn't like, uh, oh, get Evan Ingram off my team, even though I, you know, I would like him to be traded for some value in his last year of his contract. 
uh, in the offseason since they have Rudolph, since they have a guy like Caden Smith, and then they, you know, they gave Levine Torlow some guaranteed money. So this isn't like I hate Evan Ingram, but it's Kyle Rudolph does more for this team, more things than Evan Ingram. And the things that Evan Ingram do well, you don't need to take Kyle Rudolph for the field for him to do those. I agree with you, and I'm, ho- and I'm hoping you're right. But I am still going to go with Evan Ingram. But on your Kyle Rudolph point, I think, I think he's. I think Rudolph's a better route runner than Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram's just fast. Yeah, but speed does come into play with route running too. But yeah, I know. I get. I agree with you. Where he's like, if you just look at the art of route running. Yes, Rudolph is better. Yeah, I mean, smart, instinctual, just you know, finding spaces, and I mean, that's what these bigger, slower tight ends have to do. You know, and I'm not comparing uh, Kyle Rudolph to the top tight ends in the league, but you know, I've always wondered, like, you know, how does how does a guy like Gronk and Kittle how how are they slow as hell and they just get open and there and there's like five yards of separation and they're running these short little routes where they do have somebody right on top of them, you know, it is because they're you know they're they're a little shifty and they 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 run their routes pretty well. So yeah, Bobby, I, I'm I'm rooting for it. I'm rooting for you to be right. But I don't see a world where Evan Ingram is not getting the most snaps at tight end. I don't see that world. I don't see that world. I, I, I still do think they want to prioritize getting Evan Ingram the ball in whatever facet, shape, way, or form that is. Whether they want to keep on forcing the, the shorter stuff because they were still doing it a little bit towards the latter end of last year. Or they want to run more vertical stuff with him. Um, and I... They're... There, if there was a time to really reduce the snap share of Evan Ingram, it was last year when he was the most harmful target to throw to. And they really didn't. And they had a guy like Caden Smith on the team who they could have given more useful snaps to because there was a precedent that Caden Smith did well with Daniel Jones, and they just didn't. They continued to to not do it. So um, I think Evan Ingram's contract year, and he's going to get more snaps. And I think he... he even if Evan Ingram gets, even if you're right, and Ingram gets less snaps than Kyle Rudolph and less playing time, I still think Ingram's catches and yards are going to be higher than Rudolph. That doesn't mean Rudolph's going to have a bad year. I just think Ingram's going to, no matter what, going to stuff the stat sheet a little bit more than Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, yeah, I could see him having more yards. Um, the only thing that's making me second my guess, my decision is Kyle Rudolph's injury. That's the only thing that is making me question is, is like second guess is Kyle Rudolph's injury. But you know what? Evan Ingram's been more injury-prone than Kyle Rudolph has. You yeah. know, Kyle Rudolph has had basically one injury. He's, he played all the games before that. Um, he is, a like, you know. Who would you rather have in the red zone? Darius Slayton, Kenny Galladay, and Sterling Shepard as your wide receivers. Would you rather have Kyle Rudolph and Evan Ingram? Or Kyle Rudolph and Saquon Barkley? Or Evan Ingram... And Saquon Barkley. I'd rather have Kyle Rudolph and Saquon Barkley in the red zone. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, Kyle Rudolph Kyle Rudolph has really taken a step down production-wise. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that Kyle Rudolph has taken a step down as a player totally from a couple years ago because um, his his fall from being one of the league's best tight ends, a top 10 t- tight end in the National Football League, to whatever he is right now, it's it has been kind of strange because I, I don't – I don't think he's really gone down as a player, but his production has gone down. But still, he is still one of the best red zone threats in the league. Like, that's not a that, – there's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, that's not going away. Um, and, you know, Jason Garrett – you know, Jason Witt, Jason Garrett, Jason Witt and stuff. Like, I don't think that's totally 
um, fake either. But, I mean, both these guys are going to be used a ton when healthy, though, too. You know, so yes. it's like we kind of might be splitting hairs here a little bit. All right, here's one that I am – I'm really excited for this one because I think this might be the most open battle. Like, I think they kind of have a good feeling of what they want with their edge groups. Nickel corner, I think they know what they want. Um, even, you know, Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph. Like, I think they have a very clear, like, like, I don't think that's much of a camp battle. That's more of a decision. I think they probably know what they want. Inside linebacker, too, I think this is wide open. Next to Blake Martinez, Twitter gave Tay Crowder 62% of the vote. Reggie Ragland, 24%. We threw Carter Coffin in there, too. He got 14%, which I thought was pretty high for someone who's never played the position. Instagram gave Crowder 75%, Reggie Raglan 25%. Justin, who are you giving uh, this one to? Take Crowder. Just more exciting, more fun. Drafted him. He's got three years of control left versus Reggie Raglan's a one-year deal. And I think that, I mean, that's not part of the coach's decision, but it's part of my decision. If I want to form this guy up, and, you know, maybe he's probably not going to be an interior linebacker number one, but he's a pretty damn good compliment to Blake Martinez, and they have they already have a year of chemistry doing that. And Crowder's just more exciting than Reggie Ragland, and that's what it kind of boils down to me. If you were just saying, like, hey, they're both the same player from 2020, I'd probably give Ragland the edge. But I'm also betting on Crowder being better. You know, this is only his fourth year playing linebacker. Like, I'm betting on, on Crowder getting better. And you look at some of the places where Crowder needs to get better coverage. It's like, well, he has all the athletic ability to get better in coverage. It's just getting a better feel and, and uh, getting a high, you know, understand the game a little better. That's something that rookies get. Missed tackle rate. Like he had a 16.1 missed tackle rate, which was, re- you know, which is pretty damn high for a linebacker. And then you can see on the other end, well, Raglan had 6%, which was one of the best in the league. But yeah, he doesn't miss. He missed three tackles last year, but, like all of last year, and he played fifty percent of the defensive. Snaps. But you look at two thousand eighteen when Raglan got the most snaps he ever had, so it was a very big sample size. You got a thirteen percent missed tackle rate, you know, so right around that area. So Crowder should get better at that. And if you look at Tay Crowder's missed tackles, five of the ten were in his first two games played. You know, four in that in that game against Washington, four two games where he actually played. He's, he essentially played eight games last year. So I'm betting on Crowder getting better. I like the kid. I'm a bit, you know, when we took him, you know, I was like, how did this guy fall to freaking the Mr. Irrelevant, let alone the seventh round, the sixth round? I thought he should have been like a, a fourth, third round pick. Um, So, you know, Raglan, and, and, and Raglan's not great in coverage either. Yeah, I think he's a better pass rusher than Crowder. Um, Like you can actually, like Raglan's actually got some real pass rush moves, but it's like how often they're going to be using him to do that. Crowder's more athletic. And you know what? Crowder, in 2020, he played, Crowder played 159 less snaps. He had five more tackles than Reggie Ragland. One less tackle for a loss. So even as a, like, playing less snaps, he had more production than Reggie Ragland. So I'm betting on Ragland or, or Crowder getting better. He's put in the work this offseason where I think Ragland is just who he is, who he is at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And again, the, the three years of, three more years of control, two more years after this year is, is big. Like, you drafted this guy in the seventh round. He's Mr. Irrelevant. We're going to talk about it tomorrow on tomorrow's PPP. He's Mr. Irrelevant. And the fact that you can make him a starter for this cheap is is it's insane. But at the same time, you do want to make this team the the best that it can be. And and you said Raglan isn't great in coverage. I thought that was supposed to be like Reggie Raglan's thing. I thought that his like his strongest point as a player 
was supposed to be his ability and coverage. And, you know, I thought maybe that would be, I can see that being a good compliment to like, oh, do you want to take Tay Crowder off the field on passing downs when you want to do have two line, two interior linebacker sets that is on a passing down? Then sure, you bring in Reggie Raglan. I thought that was like the big thing about him. No, I think he's more of a, I think he's better at deconstructing blocks in the run game than Crowder is. Okay. I mean, pro football reference, uh, it's so the 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 advanced passing stuff for linebackers and safety is so suspect and uh you know you don't exactly know how they're tracking it versus corners it's a lot easier to like hey that makes sense if you allow a catch but they had him uh re- this is Reggie La- Raglan uh accounting less than 70 yards in coverage like allowing 70 yards in coverage pro football focus had him at like 180 yards which is still pretty good for 50% of the snaps if you're allowing 70 yards in coverage um that's pretty darn good so um now, Raglan, yeah, I guess he's decent in coverage. So, are we gonna? So we both have Tay Crowder. Tay Crowder. All right. Next, can you read the ad? Yes, I was hoping you would throw it to me. We were talking about the Olympics. All of our athletes uh, are in the Olympics, and what I'm hoping that they brought with them, I'm hoping that they brought some Manscaped products. I'm hoping they brought the Lawnmower 4.0. I'm hoping that they brought. 9,000 RPM motor. It's powered with 360-degree rotary dual-blade systems. I'm hoping that they took their travel pack with them. I'm hoping they even packed some Manscaped underwear. You know, Bobby Skinner, I recently just just touched up a little bit, and I hope our athletes in Tokyo, that they're touching up themselves too. Swimmers, you got to do it. You don't want any pubes hanging out. So, manscaped.com, and use the promo code GIANTS at checkout. You get 20% off your total order with free Shipping, I also just went on some vacations. It was helpful to use some Manscaped too. Manscaped.com, promo code GIANTS, performance package 4.0. You can also get as well. It, 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 you're, you get the shed travel bag with it. Make sure you use promo code GIANTS at, this, uh, at checkout. Thank you, Manscaped. All right. <laughs> you're muted. All right, I was checking Twitter while you are reading the ad. Okay. Got three more. All offense. This is the last one that's kind of interesting. Wide receiver five. So, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Kadarius Tony are locks to make the roster. None of the other wide receivers are. Twitter. John Ross got 53% of the vote. Dante Pettis got 28%. Seals got 10%. Mac got 9%. On Instagram, John Ross got 70%. Dante Pettis got 30%. I will say there's this there's still a David Sills army out there. And I root for David Sills. You know, he's got the size, like he can do different things. Um But I just don't see it happening with John Ross and, and Dante Pettis on the roster. Which is fun. If you tweet about David Sills, one, there's a lot of supporters. There's somebody who I think he's related to him whose name searches David Sills and will say like he's a better jump ball receiver than Kenny Galladay. Yeah. Like I am here I'm here for the take though. But but just tweet about David Sills. Like Okay, if no, I can't do this because people won't listen. They, you know, not, not all my followers listen to podcasts. But if you're just a random p- person, be like, well, I don't know why the Giants still have David Seals on the roster. He sucks. That person, he has like, like kind of like a Justin Bieber haircut. He'll come and tell you how good David Seals actually is. Anyways, I'm going Dante Pettis, and I I, I hope they keep six wide receivers because I do want John Ross on on the roster. But you know, there's. There's only really a guarantee of five. I like what I saw at the end of the year from Dante Pettis. 
You know, I think he's more reliable. John Ross, he's got the speed. He can stretch the field. But you know what? He has, like, really bad drop issues. Really bad drop issues. Um, you know, he's had injury stuff. Like, So, I'm, I'm just going Dante Pettis. I kind of like Dante Pettis a little more than John Ross. I think he'd be more trusted. Um, wide receiver five. It's like, how many reps are you going to be getting? Like, I want to be able to trust you on those. I don't know if I can trust John Ross. Mr. Brownstone with the fun fact. Uh, did you know that David Sills was committed to USC at 13 to play quarterback? I remember that the day that I owned SportsCenter, that happened. I feel like that's not as like cliche of a fun fact as, did you know that Blake Martinez, can't wait to say this on his PPP, did you know that Blake Martinez built a, a, a gym with his father or his grandfather in his garage? Yeah, thank God. Did you know that? No, he just, well, the Pokemon <laughs> took it over. Oh, the po- yeah, the po- Do you know Blake Martinez like Pokemon? Yeah, um, I'm going with John Ross. He's the again similar for Tay Crowder. He's the most exciting. Like John Ross is the player that excites me the most. And you know, I special teams my butt. You know, blah blah blah. This this that. Maybe he could turn. He maybe he could return the kicks. There you go. He's John played Ross zero is the special guy- team snaps in the NFL. I love that. Still give me John Ross. Um, he he is the guy that excites me the most, and he's probably the most unconventional out of the three. In terms of, hey, maybe you can fill a role doing this. Maybe you can like block, right? Wasn't uh, wasn't Austin, uh, Austin? Oh yeah, oh, Austin, yeah, Austin Mack. Mack. He's a good. Bl- they would bring him in on the three tight end sets. That would be his job. You knew when Austin Mack went in motion inside the line of, inside like the tight end, like maybe right by the guard's ass or the tackle's ass. Oh boy, you knew a run play was coming, and you knew it every freaking time, Jason. I kind of think Austin Mack um, might be on the team just for that. Over, like, I think, like, I could see us cutting Dante Pettis and John Ross for Austin Mack and people being pissed. Well, well, just just for that, just to put him in motion. And then guess what? That counts as motion at the snap. Isn't that crazy that doing that, even though you know a run play is coming, that, hey, I guess that counts as motion at the snap, Jason Garrett. Anyway, John Ross, he is the most exciting. Um, You know, he granted wide receiver five. If everybody does stay healthy, which that never happens, um, Sterling Shepard has only seen uh, more than 65% of the snaps twice in his career. Um, but if everybody stays healthy, then John Ross doesn't have that much of a role. But if he is in the game, then guess what? Go over the top, beat some safeties, beat some corners, and make a big play. Uh, so John Ross for me for wide receiver five. If Dante Pettis wasn't like some – like if he wasn't as athletic as he was, I'd be like, screw it. Give me give me the, the super freak and John Ross. But Dante Pettis is like a pretty athletic – player you know he can go up and get it he, he's 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 got good straight line speed where john ross is essentially just straight line speed at this point with a bad yeah. case of the i mean he makes evan ingram look like kyle rudolph with the way he uh he drops the ball um you know pettis has been in you know didn't miss any otas ross was you know was a little missing from practice here and there so i'm just i like Dante pettis i'm giving him the slight edge over john ross yeah. college teammates what a freaking Washington was putting up points. Like I remember, I looked up their stats together, and they were just unreal. Um, Pettis deserves some credit for how quickly he did kind of come along, and he made some nice plays in Baltimore and and, and Dallas. You know, it's hard to make plays against a good Baltimore secondary, and you know that was a big game in Dallas, and he he made he made one of the toughest catches of the, catches of the season. I know the Golden Tate catch in the back of the end zone to almost tie the game or, you know, to come back in the fourth quarter. That was a really good one, but that was a really tough catch and, you know, good, good job getting in the end zone by Dante Pettis. So, you know, if he has good camp, I, I, I may get on the Dante Pettis train as well. I hope we keep six, edge to I hope we keep six wide receivers and hell, I, I almost hope we keep seven. Cause I like David Sills. 
Um, but that's just oh that's just not going to happen. That's wild. Um, you know, let's just have six offensive linemen. Nate, Nate Solder will be the only backup offensive line. Well, speaking of Nate Solder, right tackle. Twitter, Matt Pear got eighty-seven percent of the vote. Nate Solder got thirteen percent. Instagram, Instagram. Matt Pear got 74%. Nate Solder got 26%. That means oh more God. than one in every four Instagram users thinks Nate Solder should start. That's crazy to me. That you like they they don't they don't listen to our show. Uh, uh, over one out of four Instagram users thinks Nate Solder should start. Hey, how do I identify that you don't listen to Talking Giants? You vote for Nate Solder in a poll to start. 26% of our 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 Instagram followers don't listen to Talking Giants. Um Listen, it's a talk. I think I've said this line a few times this all season. If Nate Solder wins this job, it's a, it means Parrot's a disaster. I mean, we we cannot afford this, you know. Like Matt Parrot being on that pup list was the only one that scared me. It's like, oh no! It's like we cannot afford Matt. Now, granted, this that there may he may be no in, real injury. He could be practicing tomorrow, but we need Matt Parrot. Nate Solder is not good. He's another year older. I don't think a year of rest makes him takes him from horrible to not horrible. So I, you know, Matt, a year of rest in a year where he kind of admitted that he wasn't conditioning a ton, him going back to a position that he hasn't played in since Super Bowl 46. Think about that. Um, yeah. (laughs) Can't, can't have it. No. Nope. Uh, I have the only the, the only note that I have in my computer. Granted, I'm not as much of a rampant note taker as Bobby Skinner is sometimes, but I have in my notes Matt Parrot or bust. That's that's it. Yeah, that's it what truly is. If Nate, I'm, and even Matt Parrot scares the crap out of me too. Like I don't know what he's gonna be this year. Like he's got some some stuff he had to fix. I hope he did. All right, this one fullback. This is a true comp. I don't think there's been a, there's a more true competition than this fullback. We'll finish off with it. Twitter gave Elijah Penny seventy five percent, Cullen Gillespie twenty five percent, Instagram Penny seventy eight, Gillespie twenty two. Penny just does more than Cullen, and he became like he's gotten better as a run. Like this is year four of Elijah Penny being on the Giants. He low key is one of the longest tenured New York Giants. Um, oh. He's gotten better as a blocker. Where last year at this point, I was like, man, I wish I would have brought in a real fullback. There was a guy named George Aston out of Pitt that was on the team. I was rooting for him to win it out. Elijah Penny, he's a better receiver, a better runner. Um, and then if you want to bring up special teams, I mean, Penny played 60% of the special team snaps. Colin played 64% in 2019 when he was healthy with uh, with uh, with Houston. And even, like, you can make an argument that Penny's a better blocker than Colin too. I mean, Cullen, he has some more highlight blocks, but he also whiffs a little bit too. So um, now Penny's been used a lot more, but I'm, I'm giving Penny this. Penny is my fullback. I, lo- I like Cullen. He seems like a cool dude, but I'm going Penny. Now, Cullen's a little weird for me. Huh? A little weird. I mean, weird, you know, I just bought a shirt that said stay weird. So I like, like, you know, I always say if you're not weird, you're weird. Elijah Penny's fun on Twitter. Uh, blowing us off a few times. For an interview. Just really putting all his business out there. I, I am. I'm putting out Cullen, Cullen Weird. Elijah Penny blew us off. Yeah, I'm going to go Elijah Penny too. Um, I, I don't, I do care about the fullback. Now I'm not as fully invested in it as you are. Um, I like the fact that Elijah Penny, he really did improve last year. 
and the continuity makes him kind of an easy fit and like, hey, you know, unless you're going to get your ass absolutely beat in camp, uh, let's have you back here for another year and, you know, keep the continuity going and uh, rock and roll. Was Elijah Penny here for Saquon's rookie year? Yes, he yep, was. because Shane Smith got cut after Dallas week two. There you go. So, I was very butthurt about it because Shane Smith was my first friend on the Giants. He is. He's a friend of the program. Um, more catches in preseason, Elijah Penny or Colin Gillespie? Um, the fact that you're asking this question means that it's probably the reverse of what the conventional thinking is. So I'm going to go Gillespie. I'm going Gillespie too. It's a preseason. The quarter, the backups are going to want to check down to the fullback more than like Mike Lennon and Daniel Jones will. Like I see Clayton Thorson being like, let me get, let me make sure I get this out quick to the fullback. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Colin. How about that? Yes. So who? What are the things we need to keep track of? Who has more preseason catches? And does Aaron Robinson plays ten snaps week one? Yeah, I think those are the two. Those big are the two list. big things you need to keep remember from this show. Is is those? <laughs> actually, the Aaron Robinson one is actually low key important. So maybe maybe we shouldn't make light of that. I'm very confident in that. Very confident. I'm very confident in it too. So how about that? Hmm. I'm confident Arch Stapleton is going to be on the show on Friday. Like I said, we're going to start rolling out some interviews. Arch Stapleton will be on Friday, which he will be at camp. So we're going to be finding out who's you know playing with personnel groupings, even though the Giants want to keep everything hush. We're gonna we're gonna figure some stuff out for you guys. I am so excited. Camp is here. Enjoy it. It's the most like positive time of the year for football. Um, so let's have some fun. We appreciate you guys. Justin, you got anything before we roll out? We're going to be talking a lot in code, like, because we can't, we can't say who's starting here, who's playing where. I kind of want to find so out going... and just tweet it, because, like, I'm not a beat reporter. You can't hold me to those rules. But, no, we're going to be, we with Art, you know, we can't throw Art under the bus. So, we have to, we may have to, like, talk in code. We may have to make a code sheet and then share it with everybody. Like, oh, when we say green, we're talking about Nate Solder or Red. Red Nate Solder, no go. When we say green, we say Matt Perry. We made it pretty obvious so, last year, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, very excited. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back. Well, tomorrow we have PPP, so it's not even. We'll be back on Friday. We'll be back PPPs all week. Uh, Andrew Thomas and Tay Crowder tomorrow. Devontae Booker and Blake Martinez the day after that. We appreciate you guys. See you when we see you. Until then, let's go big blue.